Testing, you guys can hear me? Awesome. All right. Cool. I'm good to go. All right. Um, good morning. What's good? How you guys doing? Doing all right. Summer's almost here. Um, just around the corner. Uh, I actually I teach elementary PE in Colleen, and so as a teacher, I'm I'm excited. Love my kids. Love my job. At the same time, I am excited for summer break. So. Um, crazy how it's this year's almost ending and yeah summer 2017 so I'm excited for it um, I want to just uh, pray real quick before I actually start diving in and then we'll get started um, definitely father lord we we thank you father god we, <clears throat> we 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 thank you just for this church and um, the leadership here for Dave for for Gary father god just a vision that they have for um, our high school students and just for the church in general. Um, I thank you, Lord, just for um, loving us, pursuing us, and just revealing yourself to us in your word. Um, <clears throat> you know, we don't have to necessarily try to figure you out at times. There are things in the Bible that you are clear about, and, and that is that we were made to glorify you. We were made to make much of you. Um, we weren't made to do um, other things like live for ourselves or, or make much of ourselves necessarily. Um, but one thing that you are clear about is your glory and that we were made just to, to glorify you and to make much of you in our lives, Father God. And so um, <clears throat> I pray that just through his message um, and just the rest of the series, Lord, that uh, you um, really just reveal that to us more clearly and equipped us just to go out into this world and do that effectively as believers, as Christians, um, using our gifts, utilize, utilizing our gifts, um, each to our own, Father God. And um, again, Lord, we thank you just for revealing that to us in your word and using other people um, for that purpose, Father God. And so we love you, we thank you, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so, um, so last two weeks ago, Dave actually... Um, kicked off the series, um, Don't Waste Your Life. Um, he showed a, a clip of, of John Piper, one of his famous sermons. If, if, you, if you know Piper, um, and if you read his book, then like me, you know the impact that sermon, that book had years ago when it came out, um, when I first read that. But I just, I just want to talk briefly about the, the book and just kind of how when I was back in college and when the book first came out and I first heard that sermon, just how much of an impact it had on the young people, young college people back then. I was at UMHB at the time, and I remember even back then that was, you know, uh, that was one of those books that somebody was always carrying around, or just a lot of people back at UMHB were, were, were just talking about. I remember there was Bible studies and dorms and things like that. So it was a really, really dope book. Dope and meaning that it was really, 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 really good. Um, that's, my slang comes out, so you're just trying to get used to that. But it was a really, really good book. Um, don't Waste Your Life. If you heard the song by Lecrae, Don't Waste Your Life, one of my favorite songs that Lecrae had out back in his Rebel album 2008. Some of y'all were probably like in elementary school, but me and my friends, man, I remember us going to Don't Waste Your They actually had a Don't Waste Your Life tour, tour. Reach Life, uh, you know, um, uh, Lecrae and, and his crew back then, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of the record label that he signed to. But they, they basically had a, a, a tour on, called Don't Waste Your Life. 
And they had like a sermon jam and all that. So it was, it was pretty cool. But, uh, you know, it was crazy how much the book itself influenced young Christians back then. Lecrae making a song out of it. That song pointing others to that book, to John Piper's ministry and things like that. Ultimately, I say all that because it led people to um, a better understanding of, of what God means in his word. Um, when Paul talks about, you know, everything you do, do it for the glory of God, you know. Or when Paul's talking about boasting about um, you know, who God is in our lives and things like that. And so it definitely helped a lot of uh, Christians back then, especially me and my friends, on just, uh, again, what the message of the book was about. And, and that's why we're going through this book. That's why we're going, um, we're taking it, you know, chapter by chapter. And we hope that the message that was received years ago is still being received right now, that it could <clears throat> uh, impact, you know, young people like yourselves to not waste your life. That God has given us a life, and he's given us a life to not waste and not necessarily live for our own. And we hope to clarify that and what that means. Um, and so before I actually dive into that, I want to, because the, 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 the message today is boasting only in the cross, boasting in God, and boasting who he has made us to be, right? Um, before I get to that, you know, I can't help but, but think and go back to my high school days. And, and I had somebody in high school who... Um, it was just, he was really, really um, just arrogant, and, and he really just thought he was all that. This is somebody who boasted about himself constantly. Maybe some of you guys know somebody like that in high school. I don't know. But it's like, especially for me in high school, you know, I remember one year I got the, the starting position um, as a linebacker in high school. And so, you know, I wasn't the person to brag about it, you know, but he would always come, he would always say something that would make himself look better. No matter what everybody else's accomplishment was, he always had this idea, man, look, you know, well, I had that position first, or, you know, well, you just got it because I was injured or something, you know. That's basically what he told me, because I basically took his position. And he, he instead of him giving credit to me, um, he, he basically uh, said that I only had it because of he was injured and he was going to get it back right away. And so... Uh, just I say all that because, again, this, this is somebody who was boasting and bragging about himself constantly. Like, that's to the point where it was pretty, uh, I, was, I was pretty annoyed by it, you know. Um, it was nonstop. The guy couldn't get enough of himself. And so ho- hopefully there's nobody like that, in, you know, with you guys right now. Maybe you know somebody in, in your school that's kind of like that. I don't know. I hope not. Um, but he loved, again, he loved talking about himself, man. And I remember clearly in high school, I was just like, man, I hope my sons don't grow up to be like this kid. I hope I don't grow up to be like him. Um, but, it got, again, it got to the point where um, it, it was just annoying, and he, and he, couldn't, and he couldn't stop talking about himself. Um, simply put, you know, to, to brag is to talk boastfully, boastfully. All of us have been guilty of that at some point. Um, for, you know, again, like I was saying with, the, with this guy in high school, it always provoked an eye roll when he did it, you know, um, and, and it was something, again, even at times, I think we all do it to ourselves one way or another, whether we're doing it in our mind or whether we're, um, you know, talking or, or bragging about our accomplishments to our close friends and, and things like that. Um, essentially, bragging, boasting, you know, happens when we have something or do something so amazing that you think everyone needs to know about, right? Um, not only do they need to know about it, they need to recognize how awesome you are for having it or doing it. If we're honest with ourselves, you know, we name drop, we humble brag to our friends because we think it makes us look good. And that's exactly why it's wrong. 
for the most part, essentially, that's why it's wrong. Uh, my birthday was this past Thursday. I was 27, you know, so, you know, I was, I was kind of telling people, so, you know, just at work and things like that. Well, it's my birthday week. You know, it's not, it's not a day for me. So um, they knew I was just joking around. They knew I, I didn't mean it necessarily in a serious way. Uh, but even at times, there was a, a sense of, of just me wanting to brag and boast, boast in my birthday and things like that. And I could feel that creeping in slowly for me. And I knew, at least for me, that was a sin issue. That was an issue that I was putting myself on display. I'm not saying when we do that all the time, it's necessarily like that. Um, but I, I knew for the person that I was talking about from high school, that it was a sin issue. I, knew, I know for me, when I do it in my life, and when that happens to me in my life, um, ultimately the, the, the root of all that is, is me wanting to brag on myself and boast in myself. And so I knew ultimately... Um, it was on lead. It was lead to going lead to a sin issue. Um, <clears throat> so the problem isn't that what you're bragging about isn't great. The problem is that the end goal isn't so great. Anything you do for the sake of personal glory is sin. First Corinthians four seven uh, talks about that, um, and, and Paul is asking, you know, "What do you have that you that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why did you boast as you as though you did not?" He's basically saying everything you have was given to you. So why would you brag and boast when all you did was accept a gift, right? And so essentially I want to point out to you guys that everything that we have, every gift that we possess, everything that we worked for is ultimately a gift from God, right? And again, the, the, the topic today is boasting only in the cross, boasting in God's goodness, boasting in what God has given to us. And what I want to try to clear up to you guys today is not only can we boast in those things and brag about what God has given us, whether it's gifts, whether it's accomplishments, um, but also what, you know, us, us boasting in our weaknesses, you know, us boasting when God delivers us from our trials and things like that. And, and, ultimately, and lastly, what I want to talk about is us boasting in our salvation. Those of us who are born again, those of us who do know God in here, um, the Bible talks about how, yes, those things are, aren't necessarily about us, but ultimately, God wants to show off his riches, his mercy and grace. Ultimately, God wants to show off who he is and how great and how big he is. And guess what? When, when God, it's okay for God to do that. It's not okay when we do that, but because God is all about his glory and because God ultimately wants his glory to shine and wants himself to be known through all the people that we meet and greet, that's okay for God to do. That's okay for God to have his glory displayed like that. And I think the more we get that through our head, the more we see that in our lives, the more we're going to understand our problems, the more we're going to understand our deliverance, the more we're going to understand our salvation when it's not about us and about who God is and about um, um, God's glory. And so, First passage I want us to, um, to turn to is Second uh, Corinthians uh, chapter one, chapter twelve, verses seven through ten. And so if there's anything about us that we take personally or anything that we want people, our attention on, right, 
it's in our suffering. It's when we're going through a bad time. And I'm not necessarily saying that's bad. I think we've all been there before, whether it's, you know, having our feelings hurt, something simple as that, whether it's losing a loved one, whether it's actually experiencing a point in our life where we are hitting rock bottom. Um, you know, those, those are times where, again, it's a personal matter in our life. It's when we're weak, all right? We, we need others in our lives. We, we need other people um, to, to be there for us. We need other people to come and lift us up. Like, we all have those times, right? The, the passage I'm calling you guys, uh, calling your attention to in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7 through 10, Paul was given a thorn in the flesh, which in, in a case, it's, an, it's a weakness for him. Let's go ahead and read the first part real fast. A thorn was given, me, given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. So I want to stop right there real quick. Here we see um, <clears throat> we don't necessarily know what this storm that is given to Paul. We don't necessarily know what the weakness is. We just know that this is something that is hurting him. This is something that he is pleading to God to take away from. That may sound familiar because in our lives, there is something that God has given to us that we don't want to experience that pain anymore. And that's, that's obviously, that's okay, right? God wants us to go to him with our prayers, with our requests, and he wants us to ask him to, to take whatever it is that is hurting us away, right? And that's what Paul is doing here. He's acting like me and you guys, okay? Sometimes we see Paul as this, like, mega Christian and, and just somebody who has been through it all, which essentially he has. But here I'm, I'm kind of seeing myself in this situation because, except I'm not really asking three times. I'm, like, pleading with God. But we see Paul here, again, um, he, he, he noticed that there is something that is bothering him, um, we see that it's to keep him from becoming conceited. Um, and, and he's asking God three times, you know, to, for, this, for God to take this away from him. God responds, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Um, <clears throat> and so as we keep on reading the rest of it, Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness. So that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So that, that blows my mind because what Paul doesn't do in, in this area of his life, it's a weakness, it's, a, it's something that he's crying out to the Lord on, is he doesn't section this area off of his life that cannot glorify God. He's not saying, in my weaknesses, man, I, there's no way God can use me. In my weaknesses, there's no way that, that I am able to boast in my weaknesses. Um, he, he's not saying that he is useless during this time of need. Okay? He doesn't exclude this area as an area that he cannot boast in. But yet we see clearly in Scripture that he's going to boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. Like, think about that, guys. Like, how countercultural is that? Like recently I, at work, I had my end of the year conference with my principal, and it's, it's something that teachers do, especially with Colleen. They, they had like a new system where they basically want you to set goals um, in, in the beginning of the year, and they want, they want you to show them evidence that you attain those goals, right? 
But they also want you to do some reflection and, and for you to grade yourself on areas that you're weak in. I will never brag or boast about those weaknesses to my principal or to anybody in general. I just wouldn't do that. The weaknesses that I have in myself that I know the area as a man, that I know that I'm weak in, I would never talk about those things or brag about those things um, to other people. Okay? Um, I, I, um, I do weightlifting, and, and with weightlifting, it's a very technical sport. Um, <clears throat> there's so much going on when you're making a lift, when you're getting under the bar, when you're, when you're making the first pull, second pull, whatever. Um, and those of you who know me, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But even, even in that, you know, I would never brag in, in, in the areas that I'm weak in when it comes to even just lifting, lifting a barbell and things like that. And nowhere in my life, you know, would we brag about or boast about these things. So do you see how countercultural that is that Paul is saying here, you know, because he has this laser-sharp focus for God's glory and he wants to glorify God. And God is basically telling him, no, I am not going to take this away from you. Paul is saying, he, he, again, I'm going to read it again. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, for Christ, I am content with weaknesses. And he makes a list of other things that he, he is content in. And he says at the very end, I am weak. For when I am weak, I am strong. <clears throat> so not only is that good, for God's glory, because ultimately, like I said before, this is what it's ultimately all about. But it's also good for Paul because, because he has his laser-sharp focus in glorifying God and being content where God has him, he is also strong in that. So he's not, you know, having his own strength, and he's not being strong in himself necessarily, but he is strong because he trusts in God, because he is tolerating his weaknesses, he is content in it, because he is convinced, convinced that um, in this way he can make much of God. And he can make God look big in his life through his weaknesses. And I think that is important for us to know and see here. Because, again, guys, <clears throat> you know, whether it's, again, hurt feelings, suffering, a huge trial in your life, or just something even small, you know, when there's a time when, when God will not take that away, I think we need to have this perspective like Paul. We need to say, man, I am boasting in you alone, God. I am boasting that I know you. I am not going to waste my life in this area and say that, um, you know, you will not use me in this time of my weakness. You will not use me in this time where, um, you know, you're not going to take this uh, trial, the storm in the flesh like Paul had uh, away from me. And so God gets the glory here. God is magnified here. God is, is made um, look, to look great in here. And, and Paul is boasting in that. And Paul is also, um, he is also strong in, in that moment too as well. Um, I've noticed with Paul especially, I just want to throw this out, the more aware you are of God's grace, the more humble, prayful, thankful, patient, gracious, content, and joyful you will be. And you are more aware of God's grace when we are weak. I think, I think at times when things are going good for us, that's fine. That's, that's dope. Don't get me wrong. And, and, I, and I, I, I want that to happen for everybody here. Um, but there are also times when we are weak and we don't run to God as much as we should. We, we don't boast in how we know God like the way we should. I think when we don't do that, 
um, you know, we're not going to become more aware of God's grace in our life. And I love how Paul displays that um, in his life. Um, so know this. God will certainly use the strengths he has given you. I think we all know that here. I think that's something that we all, hopefully a lot of us do. I think a lot of us do well, right? Um, but at the same time, <clears throat> we want to be good at letting God use us for our strengths. That's not very hard. But also thank God for your weaknesses because it is there that God's strength is often most clearly displayed in your life. And so I use this as an example because, again, um, when it comes to being strong in the Lord and us using our gifts, I think we do that well. But when it comes to our weaknesses, man, as Christians, we got to be countercultural when it comes to that. And, and you just don't see a lot in the world where people are weak and they're talking about those things. I think as believers, the way we can move forward with that is talking about those things, but at the same time, boasting in God, God and saying, man, look, I know God. God is going to use this to glorify him. No, he may not take it away. No, he may not deliver me, for, deliver me from it at that time. But that's okay, because when I am weak, then I am strong. And so what a testimony that is to other people at your workplace, at school, knowing that you're going through something, but you can confidently say, confidently say to them, I'm going to walk in confidence in the Lord because I know, um, <clears throat> I know God got me. I know God... Um, is out for his joy and for his glory. And I know if I have a focus on that, um, that's going to make me strong. And so the second thing that I, that I want to talk about, we talked about weaknesses, is I want you guys to turn to Psalm 142. Psalm 142 is talking about, um, it's, not, it's not the best psalm that you guys want to go to if you need like a chin-up psalm or if you need like a psalm that will cheer you up or a positive psalm. Um, it, we're talking about David here. He, he's hiding in the cave from Saul. Um, he's crying out to God. It sounds really, really depressed. Well, most of the psalm does um, up until the last verse I have on here. But I'm going to read. Uh, it's not a very long verse. So I'll, I'll read it out loud. I cry out to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before him my complaint. Before him, I tell my trouble. When my spirit grows faint within me. It is you who watch over my way. In the path where I walk, people have hidden a snare for me. Look and see, there is no one at my right hand. No one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. David is saying he has nobody by his side. He's left alone by himself. I cry to you, Lord. I say you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Um, <clears throat> so we see again David alone depressed, crying out to God, crying for mercy. Um, the very end, though, he says, Set me free from my prison, that I may praise your name. Then the righteous will gather about me because of your goodness to me. So David understands, even in our suffering, even in our deliverance, that the greatest thing is at stake is the glory of God. And that can be said in any situation that we find ourselves in, guys. I talked about weaknesses with Paul. Here I want to talk about suffering and even deliverance. You know, again, notice what David says. Set me free from my prison. Set him free for whatever trial that he's going through. That I may praise your name. That the righteous will gather about me because of your goodness to me. 
And so David, David is wanting to glorify God. He's wanting to praise God. He's wanting to boast in that he knows God, even in, in this deliverance that he's going through. And that's what he wants, ultimately. He's crying out to God for that. <clears throat> and I say that because I think at, at times God does answer our prayers, and we love that, right? Um, I, mean, I, I mean, I see it all the time, on, on, even on Facebook and just in person and things like that. God answering prayers. God being a faithful God, who he is, right? That's dope. I love it. That's nice, you know? Um, <clears throat> at the same time, I can't help but re- be reminded, though, you know, how often does that deliverance, when God delivers us from something, how does that lead us to worship him? Or do we, do we often forget about it the next day? Or do we kind of go back to our regular lives? And I see that happen a lot with people who um, are unbelievers or, or people maybe who, who might not be living the Christian life fully, you know, um, that, that God has shown them enough grace to, and mercy to answer their prayers. And, and yet the next day they, they live on, they live their life the same and they forget about the goodness of God and what he has delivered them from and what he has answered them from. And I think as Christians, I think we could easily find ourselves in that same position. That when God answers us, when God answers prayers from us, or when he delivers us from something, you know, can we say what David, because we see in David's life, this wasn't necessarily just a one-time thing. We see that he had a heart after God. Um, And when he got delivered from something, yes, there are times that he fell into sin, but mostly we can see that the Bible describes him as somebody who's after God's heart. And so this is somebody who never stopped running after God. He never stopped running after God's heart. And I want to ask us the same thing. How do you respond when God delivers you from something? You know, is that something that, that do we, again, do we go back to our own self? Are we like, now I work at elementary school, and I think at times elementary kids, sometimes they forget about a lot of things. They forget when they get a gift, or they forget, at least some of my students do, they, or they forget, you know, when, you know, when, we, when I'm telling them how to do a push-up correctly or, or things like that. I don't know. But, you know, how do you respond when God delivers you from something? You know, and I think that's important in our life as believers because, um, again, if we want to be laser-sharp fo- laser focus on God's glory and who he is, when God delivers us from something, we're not going to be necessarily boasting in ourselves. We're not going to be talking about ourselves and what we did to get out of it but we're going to talking about god's goodness god's mercy in our lives okay and like dave said two weeks ago the wasted life is a life that is not lived for god's glory the wasted life is a life that is is lived for our own he even used an example of the american dream of, of people who you know had a good job you know he used his uncle as an example of, of who, who lived a good life morally who helped people out good you know but Essentially, because it wasn't lived for the glory of God, it was a wasted life. And that's what John Piper in his book, that's, that's what he wants to get at, is he doesn't want us to waste our lives. And the thing with Christianity, the, the dopest thing about Christianity, when I'm talking to people about being a Christian, about my faith, is that it's relative to everything in our life. People just think it's, you know, it's all about the spiritual, and it's all about going to church Sunday and Wednesday and Bible studies and all that. That's fine. But it's also in what we do at our workplace, for the adults in here. What we do at our school, what we say, how we carry ourselves when it comes to our gifts and our things like that. You know, Christianity 
is relative to every single thing that we do. And I want to make sure that you guys, that we're not wasting our life, maybe in an area of our life that we haven't really given to God yet. Or maybe we're not noticing that that part of my life I am using to glorify myself, to brag, to boast in myself, and and things like that. Um, Last thing I want to talk about is our salvation. This is, if you could turn to Ephesians 2, 7. Um, Our salvation, okay? Those of us who who are born-again Christians in here, um, you know, I think at times with salvation, we know that God is saving us. We know that God has delivered us from sin. We are saved from the wrath of God, all which is really good. Um, but I think even at times, our salvation, we tend to make about us, right? At times of our salvation, we, we make about us. I remember back when I first, be- first became a Christian, 2007, um, you know, I was, at, I was at a church in Waco. And I remember a pastor saying something about God created us because he was lonely and he wanted that someone to have a relationship with, you know. So, you know, at the time, I was just like, man, that's, that's, that's what's up, man. That's, that's good. Like, God wants a relationship with me, you know. Um, you know, it wasn't until, you know, just a couple of years down the road, I kind of found out how theologically off that was. Um, because essentially, you know, not that God doesn't want a relationship with us. I'm not saying that. But ultimately, because God is about his glory, and ultimately because... Um, our life isn't about us, but putting God on display. God didn't create us necessarily for that sole reason, right? He created us to, to use us, to save us, and for us to be walking instruments for his glory. And so Ephesians uh, 2, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10 talks, talks about, I'm not going to read the whole passage, but it talks about our deadness and sin, how we can't save ourselves. I believe some translations have it, uh, have it worded. Um, children of wrath, right? And then it goes on to say that God is rich in mercy and love, which is, which is a good thing that he is. And then because he's rich in mercy and love, he's able to save us. He, he's able to make us new. Verse 7 says he did it for a reason, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. And even our salvation, as much as God is saving us from sin, from his wrath, notice verse 8 and 9. God wants us to be clear that, look, I'm saving you guys. And yes, ultimately, you're making a decision to accept me and to repent of your sins. But ultimately, it's not even about you. Your salvation is not even about you and your decision. Ultimately, it's about what I've done for you. Ultimately, it's about me saving you. Okay? And again, like I said before, when God wants, God is somebody who wants people to see his mercies, to see the riches of his grace, and he wants that displayed everywhere we go, guys. Okay? God wants us to talk about him. God wants us to boast about him. And that's okay. Obviously, when someone else does it, does it, it's a problem. But for God, it's okay. And he wants that. He wants people to see his immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. That's why he says, even in, even in salvation, 
It's not your own doing. Look, you didn't do this. <laughs> I don't care how many times you went, you went down the altar. I don't care how many times you, you accepted, you know, because um, ultimately that's a gift in itself. And you can't really accept. Different story, different day. But even, even with that, like, that is, a, that is a gift that we are able to accept his salvation. And it's not a result of anything that we have done. No baptism, no, no good works can save us. So, God, so yes, God did this because he loves us and because his character is great. But he also did this to showcase, showcase his glory. He also did this so that we have something to boast in, not in ourselves. It's in God and God alone. Isn't that, a, isn't that like just a wonderful thing to give your life to? It's a, it's a blessing. It's a wonderful thing for us to give our life for the glory of God. It's a wonderful thing for us to talk about. You guys ever meet some some uh, some of those Christians who just love talking about God and, and their salvation? You know, anytime I meet like a new believer, I guess that's how I call them, they always encourage me because you know they're kind of still in that stage where they can't really believe they're a Christian. God has opened up their eyes, and that's all they can talk about. So, in a sense, in the back of my mind, I'm like, look, can we just have a regular conversation? But also, in a sense, I'm like, man, like, that's the way I, that's, I remember me being like that back in 2007, 2008. You know, I want that again. I, I want to be able to, just to be able to talk about to people how good God is and what he has saved me from. Um, <clears throat> it is not wrong for God to draw attention, attention to himself. It's where our intention belongs. And so keep that in mind. That's, that's what God wants us to do in our lives. Uh, John Piper says a quote that God is always doing 10,000 things in our lives, but we may only notice two or three of them. And I, he, he does things in our lives to get our attention on him. And that's okay because God is God. This is something that he wants to show and showcase his glory to everybody um, around him. <clears throat> um, Jeremiah 9, 24. I think I have it up here on the screen. The wise man must boast not in his wisdom. The strong man must not boast in his strength. The wealthy man must not boast in his wealth. But the one who boasts should boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am Yahweh, showing faithful love, justice, and righteousness on the earth. For I delight in these things. This is the Lord's declaration. If you know God, guys, if, if you're somebody in here who has seen the gospel for what it is, and you have seen that God has shown you um, the riches of his grace, then boast about him. Talk about him, all right? But when you do, don't let it be in your own wisdom. Don't let it be in your own strength. Don't let it be in your own riches. Instead, brag about his. Boast in the fact that you know him. Whatever gift that you have, whatever thing that you're good at or whatever platform God has given you boast in the fact that it's because of God and because of his goodness and kindness to you that you have that when we don't do that we're wasting our lives when we don't do that we're not living the way we're meant to live and God created us to make much of him God created us to live for him instead of using your words to acquire your own fame use them to show off his and again, I say it again, it's what a privilege it is to build our life around the thing you were created to do. Right? Um, <clears throat> John Calvin says, creation is the theater of God's glory. 
the universe is, is like a display case for God's glory. Um, the earth was created to show his power. Trees were formed to flaunt his beauty. Animals were crafted to point to his greatness. Right? The skies proclaim the glory of God, Psalm 19.1. And you and us, you know, we were built to boast. We were built to brag on God. Um, and so, man, anytime that you're thinking about, you know, uh, dropping a name, you know, let it be God's. Right? However way we do that, I think, it's, I think it's unique that God has designed us differently. He's wired us differently. And so there are going to be things that we're good at that other people aren't. Some of us in here have platforms. Some of us in here, um, you know, get a lot of attention for things that we're good at. And some of us are, you know, we, we have things that, that we're good at. And <clears throat> we may not get as, as much attention as that other person. But it doesn't mean we shouldn't use our platform to display God's glory. I think God can use us differently um, for that. I actually got a story here that I'm going to end it with. Um, <clears throat> if you could get it to the last slide, Catherine. Um, this is me and my principal, my boss, uh, two years ago. Um, I didn't have the long hair back then, and I was a youngster. I was about 24, 25. Um, but uh, Mr. Diab, um, you know, I, I turned 27 this past Thursday, and you know, I was showered with gifts and a lot of cake at my job. Like, seriously, I never ate that much. Um, and it was a blessing. And I'm just, I'm reminded, I, I reflect on the people that God have put in my life. And because none of that I'm asking for, you know. And um, it was the job that I have now, teaching physical education, is what I had not had originally planned. You know, I wanted to, to um, coach at a middle school, teach and all that, you know, kind of go that route. Um, I remember coming back from Chicago, 2013. That was my vacation at the time, Chicago. And, you know, I get, um, I have three interviews in Colleen. And, um, you know, um, one of the interviews was at Haynes Elementary. And I remember Mr. Diab, I still remember clearly me coming to that interview. And super nervous. First, you know, first interview out of college and, you know, things like that. And um, surprisingly, I got hired. And um, and so I, and I'm saying that because, again, just being at my job, being thankful for where I'm at, the career that I have, the, the kids that have just really, um, the ones that, that have got on my nerves, the ones that I do enjoy, it's all for the good, and it's all um, something that I love to do, teaching physical education. And, you know, this was a person who gave me that first opportunity. And um, two years later after that, um, I, I remember you, clearly you stopping me in the hallway and you telling me about your salvation, you telling me about your conversion. And that blew my mind away because you have realized that, man, you're basically telling me, you know, I did not want to waste my life anymore living for myself, living for this career. But you wanted to live for the glory of God. And I saw it clearly in your eyes that God has shown you the way he has shown you what that looks like. And you wanted it. And so I was really encouraged because two years later, um, 2015, I believe, um, he accepts. And he's a principal. He's, a, he's, the, he's the head principal at the school that I'm at in Colleen. And he accepts a position in CTCS as a teacher because he, called, he feels like God has called him to that. And he wants to be in, in an area where he is able to display his faith more clearly. Um, and so I'm bringing that up because... 
not only does he take a huge pay cut, not only is he obedient to God, which is something that a lot of people wouldn't do, but for me, it encouraged me so much because for him, that's one way that he's boasting in God, boasting in God's goodness. He is showing others that, hey, my, my life is different now. I'm not living for this career anymore as a principal because it's very it's a very demanding job, lots of, lots of hours. The, the pay is, is apparently, you know, pretty good. But none of that matters to him. He knows that he's obedient to, to God's calling on his life. And, you know, as I'm preparing a sermon and, and things like that, I can't help but think that because every time I roll back to that and every time I'm at, I'm at work, I'm always thinking to myself, man, don't let this time be a time where I'm able to showcase my strength, my skills, God. But teach me every day, you know, ways that I can boast in you and you alone and the opportunities that you give me. And, and Mr. Diab, I, I, think you did a, a, I think you did a good job at doing that when you, I remember especially when you announced it and you had called a meeting in the library. He's here now, so I'm trying to look at him in the back. And, and you told people the reason why you were leaving. And, and man, I was just, I was floored by that because I didn't think you were actually going to go through with it. And uh, it was encouraging to me. It was encouraging to all the other believers in that room because I remember talking to them afterwards and, and they saw the calling that you had on your life. And you didn't want to waste it anymore. For you, that's not what God called you to do at the time after you became a Christian. For you, God wanted you to do something else. And you submitted to that. You didn't want to waste your life anymore doing what God has not called you to do. And obviously, I'm not telling you guys to, to not get a, you know, a high-paying job or whatever. You know, that, if God has called you to do that, that's fine. Steward that well. That's, that's dope. That's fine. But obviously, it's not for everybody. And if he has called you out of something, if he has called you a different career, don't worry about the money. Don't worry about how much you're going to make. But just worry about you being obedient and God calling you to do what he has called you to do. And so um, that's why I wanted to share that story because even now, two years later, I'm still floored by it. And, and that's just, again, that's just the wonder of God's grace to you. That's God showing his immeasurable grace and riches to everybody around you. And I think that's one way to do it. And it looks differently for everybody. And so thank you again for displaying that in your life, Mr. Diab, because um, it, it uh, influenced me a lot. And it influenced everybody there in that room. So, and hopefully for you guys, um, that the same thing, uh, it could also apply to you guys as well when it comes to a decision or a career or something, even something you guys are in high school, something small as, I don't know, a group of friends that you're hanging out with or whatever. I don't know, but hopefully it can encourage you guys as well. Um, and I'll end it just with... Uh, whether it's in your suffering, deliverance, guys, your salvation, man, make much of God. Boast in the cross and the cross alone. Boast that you know God. Do not waste that time of your life. Do not waste those opportunities. And so um, I'll go ahead and, and pray us out. I didn't have any questions for you guys because I felt like I was going to talk for a long time. And I did. So it worked out perfectly. So I'll, I'll pray us out. Heavenly Father, um, man, we thank you, Lord. Um, for our suffering, for our deliverance, for our salvation, everything that you have given us, Lord, that will you allow us to go through, Father God? I pray that when we have the glory of God at stake or when we are laser just focused on that, 
um, it changes everything, Lord. Some of us are better at having that vision. Some of us aren't. And, uh, Father God, I pray that you'll just remind us, Lord, that um, the one thing that matters most in our lives is not necessarily our happiness, our comfort, but your glory, Father God. And I pray you display that well. You will display that well in our lives, and I pray we allow you to do that, Father God. Um, I thank you that you're clear about these things in the Bible. You know, I often, when I'm trying to figure people out, Father God, or, or anything like that, you know, it, it's tough to read somebody. Um, even you at times, God, it's tough to read, read you and some of your decisions. But I'm thankful that there are some things in the Bible that you are clear about. And that's your glory and, that's, and that you love us, Father. And so I, I pray we keep those things in mind no matter what you have us go through. We remember that you love us, that you pursued us. And at the same time, we remember that your glory is at stake, Father. So I want to just plead with people here to not waste their life, to not waste their life and give their life to meaningless things without your name at stake, Father God. And so um, we thank you again, Lord. We love you. Um, bless our time here. Um, bless our day, the rest of our day, Father. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.